0: Welcome to the China FlexPad podcast. Hello everyone. My name is Marina. I'm 26 years old and I'm currently in Barcelona. I've been living in China for three and a half years. However, I've been here in Spain since past February. So one year already. I originally moved to China after being one year in Hong Kong to finish my studies. That's when I kind of fell in love with, with China, when I had the chance to travel around there with friends. And it's when I said, okay, I would love to start my career in here, but I see that I need to learn the language before doing that. So let me find a way to, to do it, right? So I got, a, I got a, a, into a program from the Spanish government to move to China, study a language. So I spent one year in Beijing studying Chinese that's where I got to get to know the city better, to meet people over there, to do a bit of networking and to better understand how China works and what I wanted to do in there. Right. Afterwards, I started studying a master's degree in Tianjin. So I moved from Beijing to Tianjin. I met new people there. It was completely different. The, the vibe, the city. I, I felt like I already had my life in Beijing. Right. So moving to Tianjin was somehow a bit challenging to, to start over. I did one year of master's degree over there. And for my second year of master, as I already was done with my classes, I decided to, to find a job. And that's where I started working at Yoda One, uh, Yoda One Games, the company where I'm working right now. So I moved to Beijing again and I joined the company as a business development manager in the beginning. That was in May 2019. Gaming company, something completely new for me, right? Big challenge. So I was business development manager for around four months where I had the chance to travel to Australia, to Germany, to start learning about the new industry and meet a lot of people who knew a lot about it. So I I did learn a lot. And in September, I I was promoted to being the head of of that team, the business development team. First time as a manager, I I was quite young and inexperienced. So I had to learn a lot of things from scratch. I was in in that team for around one year. And this past January, I got promoted to being the head of business development and customer success. So one more step into that company. We moved to being a completely remote company now. So all the employees are working from around the world. There's no office anymore. We shut down our Beijing office. This was the result of COVID situation where we realized that maybe the office was not that necessary. We learned how to run new processes. We knew how to communicate with people who are far away. We opened up from, to hiring people from around the world. So now we have no office. And that's why I'm in Barcelona, but I'm still working for the same company. And I have colleagues in the US. I have colleagues in India. I have colleagues in Australia. So we're all around the world. So yeah, I'm currently working uh, at Irwan Games. I'm very happy uh, living through, through COVID here in Spain, staying healthy. And yeah that would be a bit of myself i i'm not practicing as much chinese anymore as i would like to i will admit that but but i am i everything is going well so thank you so much for having me in the podcast as well
1: well marina welcome i've been trying to get you to our podcast for quite a long time (laughs) and the reason for that is not only are you my manager but you're also the youngest and most effective manager that I know of. So I'm sure that your experience will be very rewarding to our listeners because it's a very unique story. You have a mind-blowing career. In only two years, you moved from being a business development manager to then a head of business development. And now you're the manager of two teams, customer success and business development manager. And Uh, business development and from what I understand from working with you you're also doing more than that much more than that so tell us what skills and qualities brought you to
0: this to where you are now and what's your secret thank you well thanks first for all the compliments (laughs) um I'd say this is a question that I get asked quite often especially when i'm interviewing people and they ask which are the skills that you need to to grow in the company and to grow as a young professional right i would say that one that i would highlight for sure is communication so if i learn something working at year one and working with technical teams business teams and um, hr teams with different teams in a company is that communication skills are crucial right Now that we're working fully remote and everything happens in Zoom, in text platforms, there's no face-to-face interaction, right? So communication needs to level up. It needs to be even better than when you are face-to-face. So being concise, being clear, being direct, but also being a, a nice person to work with, right? So being able to be fun and and, 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 work and when you need to be, right? I think this really helped me a lot. It helped me be able to present my ideas. It helped me sell products because when I started in business development, I was talking to developers, game developers, where I had no idea about gaming, right? So I really need to be able to communicate well in a clear way that, that, that would make them feel like they wanted to work with us, right? So I'd say communication for me was one of the key things. A second one would be asking questions when I didn't know something. I think when you you start in a new industry and when you're a young manager and it's your first time leading a team, it's important that you're able to ask for help when you don't know something. Ask for help, ask questions, Uh, get help from more senior people, veterans in the industry. Hey, I have this meeting with this developer and I feel they are very big. They know a lot. Right. I need someone to help me with this. I think this is important because sometimes when we're young and we feel like we need to prove ourselves, we assume that we need to do everything on our own. Right. And if we ask for help, we're going to be perceived as we are weak, whatever. Right. I think that's a problem because if, even your managers, if they don't trust that you're going to be asking for help when you need it, it's a very, it's a very unsure situation. Because if, let's say you, Paulina, right, you are in need of my help but you don't ask for it, then I will, I won't, I won't feel like I can trust you, right? Because I, I, I don't know when you need me. So I think that is an important quality that many young people assume that they should do things on their own, and that's not the case. And just to, to, to mention a third one. A lot of hard work, and I know it sounds maybe a bit cliche in a sense that, yeah, work hard, but I did really Uh, worked very hard when I started not and that doesn't mean necessarily a lot of hours right but in a smart way so I was reading about the industry I was talking to people genuinely just to understand what's going on which are the trends I was just going for dinner with my peers with people in other teams asking them questions sometimes kind of like even interviewing them in a way that I would take notes and learn about what they are doing so I think hard work in the beginning, not just being lazy or assuming that, oh, I'll just do whatever I'm asked to do. I will always take an extra step. And this is what then makes you shine compared to others, people that maybe started with you together, right? You need to be taking the extra step. You need to be doing things that others are not doing because otherwise you won't shine. I mean, yeah, maybe you are super bright and super smart and you don't need to work hard, but most people, we need to work hard to achieve what we want to achieve, right? So I I did work very hard and I still do, but I would say in the beginning, even more to prove myself and to grow very fast in the company. So those would be three things that I I would highlight.
1: You actually mentioned four. Let me summarize. You said communication, hard work. Then you said... Asking questions. Asking questions. And the last one that you mentioned is proactivity, which is key. True. Tell me more about your China story with regards to your job. What was your salary, leadership style, stress level? Did you meet any kind of uh, difficulties, challenges uh, working with an entirely different culture, which is Chinese culture, right? So tell me more about pros and cons, working for a Chinese company, about your Chinese skills, everything regarding your impression about your first job
0: let me start with because i think a lot of people who are in china and they are looking for a job they get frustrated very fast right like oh i'm not getting replies or i don't even know where to start from i did apply to a lot of companies before i got the job at the other one so i also want that to be clear it's not like i applied to first place and i got accepted right i did apply to many companies that i i Some of them I knew, some of them I didn't until I got this job. So that was the first kind of challenge I encountered. I thought it would be quicker and it did take me maybe like three, four months until I really got this opportunity, right? Then how it went, uh, I I, I went, actually it was through a job fair where I met James and the one team in Beijing. I got my first interview that, uh, fun fact, I remember that they asked me, can you explain what Candy Crush is in Chinese? That was the only question I got asked that day. (laughs) Um, That was a very mean question to ask and it was a foreigner asking that, (laughs) not even a Chinese person. (laughs) So a very mean foreigner, Uh, just just kidding. But yeah, that was a question. I, after that, a few interviews, I started the company. We were working a product that was fairly new so I think that was the initial challenge, uh, working something that before I started, I didn't know it was so, so, so new for the company. But when we started, we realized, oh, wow, we kind of need to build a team from scratch because this product is is was just released, right? Most of the company, the other one, I would say around when I started, maybe... of the company were Chinese, right? And many of the meetings with the product teams, with the technical teams, HR, finance, many of the things happen in Chinese. In my day-to-day, so with my boss and my most direct peers, we, we could speak English. But I, w- I mean, I had to use Chinese to be able to interact with teams that I had to interact with, so that was definitely a challenge. I mean, I did, I had to learn certain uh, words, technical words or gaming-related words that I didn't know, and I had to, for sure, again, ask for help to some peers when after a meeting. I didn't catch up a few things or if for preparing for the meeting, I needed to do a some presentation. I would share with some peers in advance to make sure it was okay. So that was quite challenging. Now the company has been in a different uh, situation. As, as I said, we went remote, right? So we are using English as, as the common language for everyone as we want to give the opportunity to people who are not related to China to join. However, in the beginning, uh, definitely Chinese uh, was a big part of my, of my first year at Yoduan. One. In terms of uh, salary, conditions, etc. I mean, I don't mind sharing. I was making around 15,000 renminbi a month when I started as a BD manager. After I got promoted to being a manager, then that that changed. But as initial BD manager role, it was a 15,000 renminbi a month. To be honest, I, I was fine with that. I mean, it was not very high compared to even previous job I had here in Barcelona before but it would pay my rent i would have money for going out etc i mean and i knew i was very confident i would do good and i would ask for more right what i wanted at that point was a job that would help me get the visa and that i could work and grow my experience in china that's what i wanted because end of the day i think everyone who moves to china for studies, as it's the case for most young people, they want to, to to have the opportunity of working in a Chinese company afterwards, right? For learning, for building up the CV, and even for having this uh, China, non-China work experience. So that was my goal. I was not really worried about, I want a high pay. It was more for the learning and for getting into a new industry, as it was gaming. So I would say it was a, a good fit between the company and what I was looking for, so yeah, I think overall, that was the, the initial experience. I don't know if you want to ask more about that. Uh, I'm totally uh, happy to answer. I
1: think the the quality that you're talking about here is confidence and trust in yourself that you can do better and you can achieve results fast. So from what you say, I understand that in the beginning, you put a big effort And worked hard to show, hey, I'm here and I can change everything for better at this company. Like, I can, trust me. I think this is a very important quality to have when you come to a new company, because eventually they do start to trust you. Eventually they do start to delegate more responsibilities to you. And that's what happened to you. So it works. Perfect. And since you mentioned about gaming industry, let's talk about this a little more. What trends do you see in Chinese and global gaming industry? And what do you, would you recommend our listeners to work in this industry? And why would you do that? So
0: I'm going to start with the second one, actually. I want to say a big yes. I do recommend listeners to join gaming industry. Again, I had no experience in gaming. I was not even a big uh, gaming fan before I joined. I, I mean, I play mobile games, casual games, but I was not a big fan of console or computer games. So that's the first thing because many people come to me and ask, hey, I don't have any experience. I'm not even a gamer myself, right? Then does it make sense for me to join this industry? Yes. I mean... It's dynamic, it's young, it's growing a lot more than the movies, uh, music, it's, it's, it's in, within the entertainment industry is the fastest growing one. And for anyone who is ambitious and who, who wants to be in a, in, a, in a company that will change and will give opportunities because there's a lot of things that need to be done, this industry is perfect. OK, so in terms of what I recommend people for sure. And if you don't have technical background, if you don't have if you're not a gamer, that's OK. You can learn. Most of the people who get on board don't have background in gaming. And reason is because so far there's not that many gaming companies that are growing a lot or probably they have not they are not out in the sunshine promoting themselves as much as other companies right that's what many a lot of people who graduate in university graduates from master's degrees they don't even consider gaming as an option because and i see it, gaming companies are not out there recruiting as much as consulting auditing etc however they should and i know they will because we already see it and i already see people moving from microsoft to ubisoft from uh, other technical companies to gaming ones right in, from senior roles to junior roles right one of the things I would highlight is that um, companies in this industry are super flexible so they adapt very well to the kind of jobs that a lot of young people want right now schedule wise they are not very rigid and they allow for a lot of freedom working from home or working from anywhere they are very easy going uh, dress code, all these things that we kind of consider a bit old school already, gaming is past that. We are way more open-minded. We want people who are good at what they do, who are passionate about what they do, who can cooperate with other teams. So we're not so much on on, on these um, formal things that other industries still have, right? So that's one of the big pros I would say about the industry. In terms of trends, uh, I want to highlight that 2020 was a big turning point in the sense that COVID did positively impact gaming. And not only in terms of revenue, but also in terms of proving that it's a bulletproof industry, right? So we, we're talking about mobile gaming here, right? Almost everyone right now in, in, in the first, uh, in the developed countries, for sure, but even in, in, in developing countries have a mobile phone now, right? And most of the games out there now are free to download. So the penetration that mobile games have is tremendous. And during this 2020, it, even, it increased even more because people were at home, people were looking for entertainment and the quickest and cheapest entertainment was in their phones. So that's why gaming and apps in general trended so much. So 2020 was what changed a lot of things. People wanted to interact with their friends via phones, via games, right? Kids were at school, were at home, sorry, in March, April, May. So how would they interact with their classmates' games, right? So people is going now more to games for community, for interacting with others in these times that they have to stay more at home, right? Apart from that, we've seen more, more, more changes in a sense, for example, the re- what we call the real world, right? Uh, brands, uh, singers, artists who are now starting to get interest uh, about gaming. For example, Gucci did a partnership with a mobile game to promote their clothing. Balenciaga did also a partnership with a game to launch from scratch their new collection right uh, i got messages today about a perfume brand and they want to do an action and launch a new campaign in a game so many of the traditional retail companies are now getting interested in gaming to reach new audiences right because end of the day the audience in game in games are male and women both are very young but also older people right it's not only kids who are playing games so you can reach you can reach very new audiences if you are in games and you can do it in a very interactive fan way that is not as boring or maybe aggressive as if you throw an only an ad on tv right so we're seeing a lot of that moving on going on singers that are releasing their new albums in game. So this kind of mix between reality and gaming is changing a lot. Then other things that are a bit more obvious maybe, but the new technologies, 5G, cloud gaming, uh, the subscription model like Netflix type of in gaming, all these things are happening. And uh, Apple, Google, Microsoft, they are all working on new ways of gaming. So for example, if you're playing a game in your in your phone, uh, you can just go and open it in your console. And then in two hours, if you open it in your laptop, it will also be in there, right? So having much more accessibility and having more powerful games uh, so uh, you can enjoy more complete experiences. So, yeah, um, and China-wise, I mean, China has uh, been uh, top one, top two competing with the U.S. in terms of players, but also in terms of uh, developers, right? There's a lot of Chinese companies who are not as like the cliche, right? They only copy. No, they are making amazing games and games that are succeeding worldwide. So the Chinese developers now are making games not only for the, uh, the the Chinese market but for everyone for the for worldwide right and they are doing it very well companies like Tencent or NetEase they are extremely powerful by dance right and they are getting into gaming as well so all the top tech chinese companies are now in gaming and many foreign companies do want to partner with them right so in there there's also a very interesting market for foreigners who are uh, into tech and want to get uh, into companies that are not fully chinese not fully foreigner foreign, but at a kind of like a this sweet mix, these type of companies are perfect. I know a lot of foreigners who are in NetEase, in Tencent, and they love it there, right? It's a very good balance between uh, Chinese culture, Chinese employees, and foreign cultures and foreign employees. So yeah, I would say uh, trends-wise, I mean, if you ask me in six months, different trends, probably, right? As I was saying, things change very quickly in this industry. As you know,
1: I'm curious if our founder and CEO James would evaluate your pitch as uh, of highest <laughs> <laughs> grade, uh, because I'm pretty sure you just inspired many young people to work in the gaming industry. Uh, so, the One is a foreign company in China, correct? what is the proportion of Chinese versus foreigners working at Yodouan? And do non-Chinese people need to be located in China to work for the company, which you already answered? And uh, do you look for people that uh, necessarily need to speak Chinese?
0: Good question. So right now, Yodouan, we are around 200 employees. I would say 70% of them are Chinese because there's Half of our business that is quite focused on China, and for that, we have more uh, Chinese employees. However, there's now around 30% of the company that are non Chinese, right? And if you ask me about where we're going, I think we're going towards a very global company that it will not even be based in China kind of anymore, right? Because we have been in, based in China for around eight years, now we're based everywhere. Uh, we are looking for foreigners. That's the first shout out I want to make as well. We are looking for people um, I would say that speaking Chinese is a plus right now, in a sense that there are some people in the company that it will feel more comfortable uh, speaking with you if they, if they can do it in Mandarin. Yes. However, it's not mandatory. So we are hiring now people that are not located in China, have never been to China, have zero connection with the country, right? And they don't obviously don't speak the language. So we're very open. I mean, what we want now is people that can do a good job, that are motivated, et cetera. And we don't really filter anymore by where are you, what language do you speak, etc., etc. We're more looking for the talent uh, than for uh, having certain criteria. And the
1: proportion of Chinese versus foreigners?
0: Around 70-30, 70% Chinese and 30% foreigners right now. And the foreigner side is growing faster, I would say. So there's more and more foreigners being hired. Okay, very
1: interesting. Let's talk more about work from home model. Since our company went remote this year, you used to work in China for this company and you were working in Spain for the same company. Can you compare these two periods of your life and tell us which one would you choose for yourself at this point in time?
0: (laughs) That's a hard one, that's a hard one. So yeah, I I was in, in Beijing working in the office from May 2019 until January, February 2020. At that point, the other one was super office centered. So it was very, very Beijing centered in a sense that we didn't have any or maybe only one or two remote employees. And that's why it's been a very radical change. It's not like we were hybrid already and now we went to all remote we were totally like offline and now we are completely online right so it was a, a 360 degrees change Um what I would highlight about being in the office is the personal connection with people in a sense that it was easier to perceive and see how people are feeling how they are doing it was easier to organize off work activities and, and and kind of like build this friendship right you let's go for a beer after work, let's go for a coffee, let's go for lunch. This is something that I do miss, being more time with my my friends at the office. When I moved here, uh, I'd say that two things got together. The fact that we went remote, but also COVID, right? So we were more at home than we were before. So both things combined did create a bit of a more feeling of loneliness but also because i I had to be locked down at home for every day every week every month right for some time so it was it was quite quite a big change um from being at home or working from home i would highlight that everyone in the team is looking for alternatives in a sense that for some people working at home works very well. Some others look for shared spaces, co-working. Some others uh, meet up with their friends and work together. Some others go to a cafe. So working from home or work, having this the setup we have now doesn't necessarily mean you have to be at home working. right? It means that you have the freedom to work from Barcelona, but if tomorrow I wanna go to the mountain, I can go. If the next day I wanna travel to Italy and visit my colleague there I can do it so it does give a big sense of freedom I don't need to uh, be reporting the hours I work no one is controlling me like hey Marina make sure that if you're at home you're working I mean there's 100% trust in this sense in the company as long as you're in the meetings that you have to be as long as you are responsive and we see you having good results and active we're very free so I do appreciate this from the work the 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 current working uh, work from home we have. because at the office, it does feel like you are more when you're at the office, you need to be working, right? And if you spend one hour just relaxing, it feels like, oh, you're not working. When you're at home, you choose your own uh, pace and you choose when you want to work. And if one day you want to start later, you can do it. If uh, um, I don't want to work on Friday and I will do it on Sunday, I can do it, right? I mean, it's kind of up to me. So I do appreciate this freedom um, that we have when we work from home. I also think that we did develop a very good a very good way of interacting with peers even if we're not seeing each other face to face again maybe it's not exactly the same as when you do but i do think that having all the videos uh, all the calls with video being able to have a few sessions every every week with your team and with other teams does also help to get to know each other better right we have the happy hours uh, on fridays so i think these kind of sessions help you kind of fill the gap that you have when you're seeing each other face-to-face. Again, I think we have a long way to go because I think more activities, more um, sessions per team, uh, more one-to-ones, maybe peer coaching. I think more things can be done. So we interact with, even with teams that we don't necessarily work on a daily basis, right? Maybe I want to chat with the production team and I don't really talk to them Never, right? But if I had some kind of sessions where they could share a bit about maybe the way they work, their culture, because they are Chinese, and I could share a bit about Barcelona, about my family, about whatever, I mean, it doesn't need to be work-related, right? I think on that sense, in terms of culture and personal connection between everyone in the team is the biggest gap I see now compared to when we were in the office. But overall, uh, in terms of work efficiency, results, processes meetings calls i think we are doing the same and even better than when we were at the office
1: i agree with that one second from my side i will add to that in terms of efficiency it is a good thing because if you if you're committed to your job you'll do your job from anywhere it doesn't matter if you want to get it done you'll get it done the, other, uh, the opposite side of this is feeling part of the team. And sometimes it's hard when your whole team is located on the opposite side of the world, like in my situation. <laughs> That's, that part is challenging sometimes, and it's obvious it's it's hard to find that kind of balance but if you want to to find that balance and you work hard on it and you are reaching to people and asking for advice to people that uh, went through this you're you're eventually finding this balance and eventually you meet your folks you know in one-on-ones or you wake up a little earlier to actually talk to a person directly from your team it is challenging but it's doable it is challenging but you can work on it and make it better given that you're uh, a key decision making in the hiring process in many in many situations right and for many people in this company what kind of people are you personally looking for there there must be something special that you're looking for in these people whether it's uh, communication skills but all of this comes with with practice and experience so what is that emotion that they spark in you when you say yes that's the person that i want to work with
0: good question i i do a lot of interviews for different roles there's one thing i really appreciate first people who are very honest so no imposter syndrome that's a thing that's very common in young people i see a lot these like over exaggerated cvs linkedin i mean i think when you're in interview you have to be very honest with what you know what you don't know because they will find out. I mean, it's very easy to find out when someone is not being honest, right? And actually I think that being having this like vulnerability, like, hey, yeah to be honest, this I have no idea about, right? I think it's good because it, it even for me as an interviewer, when someone is clear on what they don't know or where they messed up in the past, if they made any wrong decision that they now feel like, yeah, I would have done it differently, it makes the other person feel very human and very honest. And I personally like that transparency. And I know that across the other one, my manager and Henry, the other CEO, et cetera, everyone looks for this, uh, for, for people that we hire to be, to be honest and real. Then there's another thing that is very important. That it's people that are not making assumptions since the beginning. So there's people that you see that jump into the interview and they feel like, yeah, because you guys did this, this way, that way, blah, blah, instead of asking questions, right? And these kind of people, then when they join the company, are those that before learning and listening and understanding, they would jump very quickly into conclusions. So it's good that if anyone listening here is going to interviews, Ask questions, but don't throw your assumptions into the interview. Go with a very open-minded to just better understand the company, right? This is something that we also very uh, observe a lot. And then one other thing, I mean, I know we're young, and many times we don't know exactly what we want. But when you're in an interview, you need to be able to say what you want to achieve. If I'm talking to someone, they're like, yeah, I'm still not sure what I want to do, and eh." I mean, If it's fake it till you make it, I mean, you need to go in an interview saying, yep, I know that I want this, I want to learn about the gaming industry, I don't know anything about it, but I want it because it's growing fast, I want to learn about tech, and I want to be whatever, I want to work in a remote company, I want to learn how to do it. You need to sound confident, because if you sound like, yeah, I'm applying, but I don't really know why, it's not convincing. So... Go in an interview and explain what you want to achieve. It doesn't need to be in the long term. You can say, hey, in the long term, I have no idea what I want to do, right? But in the short term, I know I want to learn about this, about this, and about that, right? So I think these things make the interviews much more powerful. So these kind of things are what we're looking for. Then there's, of course, more specifics, but I think generally across different roles, because I can interview from the CFO, that we're now looking for in the company to someone in monetization, to someone junior, to an intern. But there's a few things that you uh, look for when you're interviewing someone. And then also related to China, I would say not, as I said, we're not looking for people who know China, et cetera. But if you do have that experience or if you do have some connection with China or curiosity to learn more about the, the culture in the future, etc also mention it right because end of the day we have a lot of chinese employees so if you say hey yeah i was in china one summer and i did this and that or no i've never had the opportunity to go to china but i would love to do it right these kind of things will also help you click more with the company because end of the day we have very like strong roots in china in beijing and anyone who is somehow connected or willing to be connected is is always a plus
1: well, since you mentioned that, will we have any kind of Chinese courses at the company? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting my Chinese, you know. I just passed HSK 5, and I'm forgetting everything. It's just clearing, like, my mind is clear now. I... Forget how to type in Chinese. And it's it's hard. It's it's very sad. It makes me sad because it's so hard to learn that
0: language. I feel you. I mean, now we're focusing on English classes for our Chinese employees who don't speak English. That's like step one. We're putting together English courses for them. But yeah, having Chinese classes. We did have some when we were in Beijing through YOLI, a platform that teaches um, English and Chinese. And it was good because you could do them very focused on gaming topic or business topic, work environment, which I think is useful. Because end of the day, learning how to go to grocery store might not be that useful, but knowing how to talk about business, how to have a meeting, which is the proper language to, to do that, is useful. So yes, I mean, we want to do that. We are prioritizing English because now that's kind of like a struggle for people who don't speak English. It's a very hard limitation for their growth in the company. But the next step is Chinese for those who want it.
1: China FlexPod podcast is all about employment. We really want to bring value to people who are looking for jobs. So who are you hiring right now? Who are you looking for? How to apply? And what do you offer in return?
0: thanks for giving us also the platform to 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 reach the new audiences hopefully that are listening to this podcast so the other one we are we're of the mindset that we always want to be interviewing right this is something that my Boss taught me always have if you want to attract talent. There's certain roles you always want to have open because if someone knocks on your door and it's a very talented person, maybe you don't have a role for this exactly, but you can have them somewhere else. Okay. So first, I always, I want to encourage. Um, to people, especially young people who really want to find a, a job in China, even if sometimes you don't see a role or you're not sure if that role exactly fits your skill set, still apply, reach out to HR or reach out to the CEO, etc., right? So this is something that we uh, we, we, we we really like, always be, uh, always be interviewing people. So in terms of what we're looking for now specifically, we're hiring for... Business development, that's me, that means basically sales and, and more of the business part of the company. That's for both Chinese and, and non-Chinese people, right? I mean, most of the team is non-Chinese uh, in Bangladesh, Italy, U.S., Spain. So business development, right? Then we're also hiring for more technical roles. We need a lot of developers for, for technical implementation, uh, UX and UI designers for some of our platforms for the front end, how they look. But yeah, a lot of technical and and, and technical and development roles. I would say those are the main highlights. But when we look for all different levels of seniority, junior roles. So if you have one or two years of experience, we also have internship roles open. Right. So. If you are now finishing your studies in China and you wanna have an, inter- an internship for three or six months, we also are hiring interns, right? So different levels of seniority in technical and non-technical roles. Again, experience in the gaming industry is not required Anything, Any experience that you have will obviously be appreciated. If you say, hey, I work as a salesperson in a retail industry, or I work in customer success in this industry, right? All these things are plus. Uh, of course, good English, but I assume anyone listening to this podcast will have a good English, so that's, that's required. And what we offer in return, um, first, the kind of company for anyone who is young, ambitious, who wants to grow fast, who has good ideas on, on things that they can add into the company, this is a perfect place, okay? and you listen to my experience and you you've seen how as Paulina said in almost two years i grew from being a business development manager to leading that team to now leading more teams right i'm part of the management team i have stocks in the company so the growth and the speed of growth you can have at the other one is amazing and that's one of the key reasons why i am at this company because i can see that uh, my voice is heard that it doesn't really matter in the company how many years you've been here or how old you are whatever right if you are if you are a good asset and you are bringing value you will grow and i see this on a daily basis for new people that join okay so if you're looking for a company that gives this kind of opportunities to young to young employees, which is something. Not that common, I would say cross companies, especially big multinationals where they always care a lot about how many years you've been there, etc, I think this is a great place Then we offer a lot of flexibility in terms of. As i said of course where to work from your schedule uh, if you need to combine it with something else if you are starting your own startup for example uh, and you need advice and you need some time to also dedicate to that we super encourage our employees to start their own ideas to work on their own projects i mean we have many employees at year one who have also other businesses right and if they need advice or support from uh, our ceos who both of them are entrepreneurs Obviously, they do get this advice, they get help, they get resources, they get network introductions. So we we do offer a great platform for people who also have other ambitions and want to learn at the same time and, and, and run their own projects, right? Then in terms of, uh, I don't know, more specifics, uh, uh, we, we do provide i mean all the teams have all the necessary tools they need right for doing for the work in terms of computer and screens and anything that might be needed right the fact that we work from anywhere doesn't mean that you don't get anything everyone that stays with us as a full-time employee gets anything that is needed for having a good and comfortable uh, work environment right so i think those would be some of the things that we offer and in terms of how to apply, sorry that you also asked about that, our website, one.com career site, in there, all the jobs. In LinkedIn, also, the, you the one, games, in LinkedIn, also our job openings. Uh, and even if you want to reach out directly to myself or to uh, Florence, who is the head of HR, always very very responsive uh, through any channel. In this case, even if you guys know Polina and anyone wants to reach out to her, I'm sure she's also going to redirect your applications to us. So we are very easy to reach. In terms of promotion, how does
1: the system uh, of promotions look like at One? Like, for example, if a person comes to the company when does the person can apply for a promotion or for salary raise or for just like you said assets in the company how does that system work
0: so the way we do it is when a person when someone new starts there's a three months probation that's for both the company and the new hire to see how they're doing so usually if month one is very focused on training and the person is kind of learning how things work and a bit getting more familiar with the industry then month two and month three are when the person needs to prove that they can do a good job and also for the the way I see it, also for the company to prove itself, right? Like, hey, yeah, we are a good place for you to grow and to stay. So there's this first three months period. After this first three months, there's like a, a performance review where your manager will tell you what, uh, what to improve, which are the next steps, what to focus on. And at this point, there's also a salary review. Like post probation because it's when we let's say we confirm that you are a full-time employee and that's when you get also your allowance to purchase if you need a laptop if you need a screen if you need a chair whatever you kind of need we don't do it before because if we have a lot of people in probation then they don't stay it's very complicated right and actually, the way we do it is that even if, for example, now I buy a laptop and a screen, if I left the company next month, this is all mine, right? So uh, we don't think it's even worth it that you send it back to China, whatever. Whatever you bought is yours afterwards, right? So we also give this kind of a flexibility. Then every team does the the in terms of raises and promotions a bit differently. So I'm going to talk about what I know, my organization. I usually do these things every six months so performance review and which includes the the salary review and responsibilities review right so we usually have like kpi individual kpis per quarter in terms not only kpis for numbers but also like what do you want to improve? Maybe you say I want to improve my communication skills. I want to improve my uh, time management, and I want to improve my uh, data accuracy or the way I do reporting, etc. Right. So we have these three things. So by the end of the quarter, we will evaluate. Hey, how did you did de- How did you do on these three? Right, and then every six months we do a more complete review where we see how you've done overall, how are you doing versus your KPIs versus expectations. And then we talk about next steps, right? Maybe you say, hey, Marina, I've been observing and I really like, I don't know, the product management type of role. Do you think there would be a possibility to move towards that? And I say, hey, let me discuss this, and maybe uh, not for not for right now, but keeping this in mind, uh, maybe next quarter we can make the change, right? So usually every six months we have this kind of conversations where both the the, the employee and the employer both can can talk about which are the next steps, challenges, the motivation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So usually six months uh, is is the is the time I follow at least.
1: Okay, I also wanted to talk about a little bit more philosophical topic with you. So the question to you will be like this: What will the future look like for people planning to work in China or with China, just like you?
0: I think the future will look way more like what we have now at Euro One. To be honest, I do feel like we're a uh, pioneers in, in in how in how in the way to work, honestly. I still think because if I look back at my experience in China, I wouldn't change that for anything, right? So for anyone who is curious about China, who wants to understand the culture and who wants to get to know people in there, uh, I still recommend them to take the step and move there, to be honest. Uh, I don't think I would be now at Euro One if I would have not gone to China, I think everything was kind of like, everything made sense for me, and I had to end up at the other one, right? So if anyone who is curious about uh, any country, not only China, right, but if you want to know more about Peru, go to Peru, learn there, learn Spanish, meet people in there, make connections, and then find a job, right? So I think that as a starting point, having this connection is important. And um, however, in terms of the, the way we work, for example, Let me also share a bit of my my personal experience. Uh, Last January, when I I moved to Barcelona uh, because of COVID, at that point, obviously I didn't know it would be for so long, right, but I already had the concern on, okay, I have been in China for three and a half years, my family is in Spain, I'm very far away. I want to move closer. I want to move to Europe. So at that point, I was already thinking I want to move to Europe, and I was concerned, like maybe I cannot continue at Euro One because I I want to move closer to my people, my friends, right? And I didn't have the flexibility at that point, so it was a concern for me. I will not be able to keep growing at Euro One because I want to move back to Europe. Then everything changed as if someone listen to me and said okay we'll fix it right and then okay COVID. who is this person to listen to you yeah i don't know i don't know someone did listen to me but then everything changed and now i do feel that no of my none of my personal plans will have a problem for me working at the other one and i think this is extremely good for anyone i mean the fact that you don't have to choose if you're at a company and you enjoy and like it and you're growing and you feel empowered then stay there but if on top of that you have the opportunity to be whatever you want i mean if if i have to come and be with my family if i have a boyfriend and i have to go to the philippines whatever i have the freedom to keep growing my career in the same company i don't have to choose and to me the the fact of not having to choose is extremely powerful and that's why i think that this way of working will make people really be where they want to be same i was in beijing or I would have stayed in Beijing because I had to, because my job was there. Now I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm in Barcelona now, but if next month I want to move to Munich, I can go. Nothing is stopping me. So now it's on me to choose where I, what I want to do with my life. No one is telling me you have to do A, B or C, right? There's I don't have to accommodate my life to my job. It's just my job will follow me wherever I go. And that's it. So I think that that level of freedom is very, very powerful. And it helps you cope way better with your personal life, especially now that we, like, usually if, you, if, you, if you're with someone, if you marry, whatever, both of you will probably want to have a, a career, right? So having this freedom from your work where you don't have to uh, give up things because of that is extremely well adapted to the new times, I feel. So none of the the two people need to give things up. It just like will work out and choose whatever both of you want to do.
1: I actually really wish everybody in the world can do that, can be free, can be wherever they want to work and not be concerned by, hey, can I have a job there or not? So last bit of advice for Flexpots from Marina from Yodawan.
0: That was, that was hard to think of one key advice, but I'd say, and I, I say this completely based on my experience, China gives you the best opportunity to choosing career path, to changing career path. So if you have been in an industry that you feel you're not enjoying, you're not loving, you're not passionate about, and you want to change that, you want to explore something new, something like in my case was gaming, was the technical industry, right? I thought I would never be able to get into that because I studied economics. I had no technical background. I never thought I would get a job into this industry, right? So China to me was the perfect place to make a change in my career path. And I think that when you are given that opportunity and that you feel like you want to do it, being able to actually be given the opportunity to join a company is is, is, a, is a big present. So I would say my, big, my my one advice is if you're in China and if you're looking for a job, be open to looking for jobs that you never thought of being given an opportunity. So use that uh, in China and change your career path if if that's something that you want to do because china will give you that opportunity regardless of your background your previous experiences your career etc it's it's a perfect place to try new things and get into jobs that you would have never thought you would get
1: thank you marina thank you for your time and i really appreciate you being here thank you so much
0: and and great job what you're doing here in the podcast thank you very much Thank you for being part of China Flexpot
1: community. Visit our website at ChinaFlexPot.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Goodbye and zai zian.